This is Zach. One time we invested in a video, our bank account hit zero. He's 21 years old and has 24 million subscribers on YouTube under the name ZHC. He experienced exponential growth by customizing phones, cars, and even homes for some of the biggest creators on the planet. It happened insanely fast because just seven months ago, we were shooting out of a house. We visited his new Hollywood-style studio in Austin, Texas to hear the story of how he went from a shy kid who wanted to make comics. I was like such a quiet kid. I was so shy. To one of the most well-known creators on YouTube. Zach, so at this point, you've got all these channels, you have a lot going on, but where did this all start? Art was a big part of my life when, when I was very young. So I liked to draw all the time. I liked to create stories. I think it was probably my junior year in high school. I started getting more into art. All my friends were studying to be engineers and doctors and for for me, that didn't quite interest me, but at the same time, I had no idea what I, what I wanted to do or what I could do. So I started to doodle in class. I probably should have been a better student, <laughs> but I got really, really bored in class, and it was very hard for me to focus in a classroom setting. So I just started doodling on the sides of my papers, and all my friends were on Instagram at that time, and I've never touched it, and I decided to just like make an account, like post it. I really wanted to drop out of high school so I could just focus on improving my skill in art. But my parents were, were good parents and told me to stay in school. Um, so when I was growing my Instagram, I think I reached this point where it, it just didn't feel like I was going anywhere anymore. And I was walking like down the street to school and I was just thinking about like why it didn't feel very meaningful. And I felt like that was because like, I couldn't be a part of it. It was more like people enjoyed my artwork, but, but no, nobody knew who I looked like. Nobody cared about me. Like, like, nobody cared about that stuff. So I thought YouTube would be the, the next step for me. Someone suggested me do, like, an art tutorial on YouTube. So I filmed myself on my iPhone 5. Hey, guys, it's Zach. This is my first YouTube video, so thanks for tuning in. I was so nervous when I first started. It, it took me so many tries. I just looked terrified on camera. What kept you going? Like, what, what made you want to do the next upload and the next upload? Um, I felt like for YouTube, I could express myself a little bit. People could get to know me. It would tie, like, me as a person into my artwork as well. So, so in college, then, what types of videos are you uploading to YouTube? What does your channel look like? I think in college was my test phase because I was trying to like test out different personalities because because I was like such a quiet kid at school and, and I would like 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 never speak up and I was so shy. So I was just like testing different energies, testing like mm. different like personalities. And that was like a very experimental phase. I'm going to teach you three easy tips for gaining a lot of followers. Hey, what's up you guys? This is ZH Comic Art, AKA Zach Shit. Yo, what's up you guys? It's your boy ZH Comic Art. How are we all doing today? So today, I'm gonna be taking you through the day of an artist. It's really interesting what you just said, like testing different personalities, mm -hmm. like yeah. exploring what, what people would react to. And you just mentioned that you were more of a quiet kid in, in yeah. high school. So was, did you feel that on YouTube you could express a bit more or like in front of a camera by yourself you could express more than you could in a social setting yeah i feel like for youtube most of the big youtubers at the time all of them had like high energy all of them are very good at talking and i'm like that is not me so if i want to try to make it in the space i'm gonna try some of that 
Who were the big YouTubers at that time? I think back then Logan Paul was very big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Logan Paul was huge. And he had like the biggest personality. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he almost like, his voice would like go hoarse because he was like screaming at the camera so much. He couldn't even look away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, y'all, good morning, Logan. What's poppin'? Did that experience, though, of sort of testing different versions of yourself on YouTube affect how you felt about yourself and how you interacted with people outside of YouTube? Well, well, I guess my main thing was back then, since I was small, I'm like, okay, I, I hope nobody ever comes up to me in person. Because if they watch my videos and then they, they, they come up to me, they're going to be like, wow, th this guy is very quiet and, and, and he, he's not like yelling or anything. I, I do think testing that helped me get out of my comfort zone a little bit. Because when I did vlogs on the streets, sometimes I would just have to like talk and not worry about like mm -hmm. what other people thought. I think even as an artist, you have to like explore the bounds of yourself, mm. right? Like if you don't allow yourself to go there, then you don't even know what that feels like. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting to, to note that, you know, it feels counterintuitive or like the antithesis of a nervous, shy person to start doing YouTube, mm -hmm. right? But it's interesting that that was a safer space to experiment than in a social setting. Yeah. What's your most viewed video? How many views does it have? Uh, the most viewed regular video was when we surprised Charlie D'Amelio in the Hype House with iPhones. I think that's at 102 million. I mean, that's impossible to internalize what it would be like to speak to 102 million people. Like, yeah. that's insane. Yeah. Like, we can't even comprehend what yeah. that would be like. I think, like, like a basketball stadium is made, like, 20,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. A room of five people is difficult. Like, even yeah. to this day, if you put me in a room with, like, 20 people, I'll probably choose one person to kind of hang out on the like, like in the corner with, but I guess when I'm filming, I, I don't realize it's being seen by millions of people. And when I'm around my friends, I get very comfortable. I do think that's an important thing for people, especially aspiring creators, mm -hmm. to understand about someone who's one of the biggest creators on the platform, that even to this day, it's like you, you might not feel 100% comfortable public speaking, mm -hmm. but in the confines of the videos and, and the space that you've created on the channel, you are able to speak to yeah. a mass audience. It's amazing. It's an amazing unlock. For yeah. Me. And I feel like it creates like a very personal experience too. When did you kind of realize that YouTube was something? So I went to art school for a year in New York and I came back to visit my parents over the summer. And I was planning on taking a gap year and going back to New York. And during that time, I thought I would just grind on YouTube for the summer. Back then I was uploading every day. So my schedule would be, I, I wake up, at maybe 5 or 6 a.m., I'd hit the gym and then I would film all day. I would edit until like, like, like I was just about to sleep and then I'd press upload. That day would repeat over and over and over again, which, which got really tiring after a while, but, but yeah. that was like my summer where I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I really wanna make this work. And up until then, most of my videos have been like solo videos where I kind of just like talking to my, my phone by myself. And I think when, my friend Steve came on for the first video. That was one of the first times I really tested out like a friendship dynamic in a video where I was able to interact with someone that, that I was really comfortable with because I knew my friend Steve since I was in second grade. And I think that pulled me even more out of my comfort zone yeah. in the video. Hey, what's up you guys? How's it going? It's your boy ZH Karmica and I'm with my best friend right here. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? I'm Steve. Okay, yeah, that's, that's Steve. <laughs> and I remember when I first 
was rolling the camera, like like I had to start out with that high energy, like like hey guys, <laughs> like, yeah. like what's up, and then and then immediately after, like my my friend started like mocking me, and it's like hey guys, <laughs> hey what's up you guys, it's your boy S Y Comic Art, S Y Comic Art, coming to you with another video. <laughs> It kind of brought me out of the energy I was trying to display on camera, and it kind of brought it back to reality where, like, uh, I, I was able to just be me. Right. And, like, I was having high energy on camera, and he would just keep making fun of me. And we, and we put some of those parts in videos, and in that video, he drew his own original character. He called it Elephant Man, and I had to redraw it in my style. We, we had a lot of fun filming it, and I feel like that interaction felt very, like, authentic because because he's like my best friend we we interact all the time and that video ended up blowing up and i think that was my first viral video that must have felt really good that a video where you felt like you were your most authentic self was the one that got the most amount of viewership yeah definitely because because normally when i'm filming no, nobody's like interacting with me but, but then he, he's just calling me out for all my like like weird weird youtube stuff weird, yeah <laughs> yeah so that getting a million views like was that a moment where you were like whoa this is this is big. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think videos I put out could get that big. Yeah. And but I think for me, all of a sudden that told me that like, yes, people wanted to watch art, but people also wanted to like connect with someone and and it ended up being a pretty funny video. So it was a combination of like entertainment, people thought it was really funny, and just just seeing some like cool artwork. So at what point did you feel like though it could become a business. The same summer, that's also where I, I met my girlfriend, Michelle, sitting right there. <laughs> um, so I filmed this video called Drawing With My Tinder Date. So I, I matched with Michelle on Tinder and I, I, I texted her saying like, oh, I'm gonna film this video where I, I draw with my Tinder date, wanna like go to the beach and stuff. And, sh and she was like, sure. So, so we went on with our date and I documented the whole thing on my iPhone 5, I was just, holding it up on the streets. I taught her how to draw on the beach, and that was the gist for the video. So that date went well, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, okay, got it. It. Yeah, that date went well. Yeah. But that Tinder date video, you were saying, has something to do with oh, yeah. this becoming a career? Mm -hmm. So afterwards, Michelle and I started meeting up more and more, and at the end of the summer, I asked her to be my girlfriend, and instead of going back to New York, I decided to stay in Santa Cruz with her. And at the time, she was, I think she had one more year maybe a little bit more than a year left in school, and she was gonna be an accountant. We were talking about our future, and um, she told me she was most likely gonna just go into accounting. It's, it's a very stable job. So, so our plan was for me to experiment as much as I could with art, because at the time, I felt like if I went into the comic book world or, or I was doing YouTube, there's a, a lot of volatility that comes with that and a lot of risk, but I really like art, and I really like creating videos on YouTube, so, so I really want to pursue that. And Michelle would be the one making money, worst case scenario. And, and she would be an accountant, I, I would be making art on YouTube, and, and that's how we would wow. live in the uh, world. How many months into dating was this life plan created? <laughs> two, <laughs> two, three months? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, so you guys really liked each other. Yeah, so it was pretty early, but, but, but that was the plan in case like YouTube like just wow. didn't work for some reason. But, but, but I really had faith in it, and, yeah. and I firmly believed in like going all into something. So I wanted to put everything I had into YouTube. Wow, that's amazing. I remember some of the big, some videos go really viral, like drawing Mr. Mm -hmm. Beast, drawing PewDiePie. Oh yeah. Was that around that time or was that much later? Yeah, yeah, that was in the same tiny apartment. We, we were in a studio apartment, 
uh, Michelle and I both had like a little mattress in like the corner of a room that we would sleep on. The rest of the space was just a, a studio space. And like somewhere around there, I think maybe like six months in, I, I drew Mr. Beast for 24 hours. I, I was very inspired by him. I, I was looking at like a lot of creators online and I was like, wow, like, like, like Jimmy's doing some crazy things and like who was my role model. So I wanted to try a 24-hour challenge where I drew Jimmy and his team. So this is Mr. Beast drawn in 24 hours straight. Whoa. And it ended up being this huge piece of art. And Jimmy ended up reaching out to me about sending that piece of artwork to him. And, and I think last time I went over, I, I, I still saw it up on the wall somewhere. Oh, wow, that's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. What did it feel like to get a message from Oh, Oh, it felt Jimmy. really cool. I, I remember I was laying in, in bed. I was just like scrolling through my phone. And I was like, oh my goodness, Michelle, Mr. Beast, reached <laughs> yeah. out to me. Yeah. Because I think at that time I was like a very small creator. So, so for me, that, that was like a huge deal. And, and I was so shocked that, that he even reached out. Was that like an inflection point for your career? I, I, I think at that point, I, I was already all in. So, so no matter what, I, I was going to keep pushing through. But... But, but that definitely was a very nice, like, motivating moment that, that my hard work has started to get seen by, by, by these creators. When did things change on YouTube from making $1 a day to maybe turning to Michelle and being like, maybe, maybe you don't need to be an accountant? When I was dating Michelle and we had the, like, plan for her to be an accountant and for me to be an artist, I, I think a couple months in, I started making a little bit more money and I had this other deal with her. I was like, okay, if if I can make enough to cover like both of our salaries, then then would you be down to drop your job and and come work for me and we'd just go all into it. And and I don't think Michelle thought that would happen yet. So she was just like, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, once you make enough to cover like like both of our like living our, our salaries and stuff, then then we'd do it. And I, I think within like a month or two we hit that goal, oh my God. and I was like, Michelle, it's it's time to, you know, like like <laughs> go in, go in full time. And and I remember Michelle was like very hesitant at first. Her parents were like very scared too, oh, yeah. which like like understandable. Yeah. She she just started dating this guy, and <laughs> yeah. she's about yeah, to like yeah. quit quit her job that that she studied four years for. Yeah, are you comfortable sharing how much that was that you guys needed? That you were like, this is how much we need. My my deal with Michelle was if if I could hit five hundred thousand dollars. Then, then she'd quit, and that would just cover cover everything we, we would need to make. Right. So. And that was AdSense and brand. Yeah, because because I didn't want to like just barely cover enough salaries. I wanted right. I wanted to be like comfortable. We could and well well five hundred thousand dollars. It it wasn't really five hundred thousand. It was more like we made five hundred thousand because because everything I invested back into Got YouTube. It. So yeah. so we we really made zero. Yeah. <laughs> but. But it's it's just knowing that we could make any money on YouTube uh, really reinforced the idea that that like hey maybe we could just like go all into this. How old were you at that time when you made five thousand dollars on YouTube? I was either nineteen or twenty. That's insane. Nineteen, wow. I think. That's crazy. Like when I was nineteen or twenty, I'd never seen that much money. You know, I didn't even know that like could exist in a bank account. Um, how, how much of that was like AdSense? How much of that was brand deals? How I, I think it was like pretty much all AdSense. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, what an amazing world of creativity where you can, like we live in this world where it's like permissionless. You didn't have to mm -hmm. ask anyone permission to create and post your content. And then this platform pays you for it.
Yeah. Like I, I know we've all been on YouTube for a long time, but I still think that that's one of the craziest unlocks in creativity. Yeah, I feel like with YouTube, you can turn anything you like doing into something bigger. Yeah. On the flip side of that story, Colin and I left our stable jobs to do this channel with absolutely no plan and made zero dollars for a long time. <laughs> So I would encourage any startup creator to think about kind of what you thought about of like, if I can hit this mark, mm -hmm. then that'll be a comfortable place for me to actually do this. And, and definitely looking back at it, I probably should have saved some because um, I, I just poured it all back into the business. Mm. But, but as a 19 year old, I wasn't thinking about taxes. I wasn't thinking about right. any like um, just backup plans and stuff like that. So, so definitely as, as I grew we had to kind of like, like learn the hardware. It's like, oh shoot, like now we need to pay taxes. Yeah, yeah. Taxes come up on you as a creator. Yeah. Every creator every I hear creator. that story of year one when I started making money. I didn't know about taxes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 taxes was yeah. definitely a freak out moment because I remember one time, <laughs> one time we invested in a video, our bank account hit zero and then, and then I called my parents. I was like, no, 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 don't worry. It's like a business investment. And then my parents are like, you got to worry about your taxes this year. And I was like, Ooh, Ooh. I'll, I'll, I'll try to earn that next yeah. one for taxes. <laughs> I make it back. Yeah. So did you bring someone onto your team or how did you change after that experience? It was just Michelle and I for the longest time ever. And in the early days, there were some like very unhealthy like grinds yeah. where I would work the entire day um, up until maybe like 10 p.m. I would toss the project over to Michelle. She would help me edit more until... 4 a.m. and then I would wake up at 4 a.m. and take on that shift. So it was like, cause, cause for me, since we only had uh, me and her and our videos were getting bigger and bigger, we had to find a way to just put these videos out. And looking back at it, it we we definitely should have hired someone. But like my personal life is my work life. Like like YouTube was just my life, and it's very hard for me to disconnect. Yeah. How often were you posting at that time? I think anywhere from like two times a week to wow. three or four. And, and, and a lot of those were big videos. So it was like, just stay up all night working. The day we post, I would take a half day off and then it would just grind for like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like, I think that's one of the challenges and we discussed this, I'm curious your opinion on this, but the, the cycle, as we call it, of YouTube, where basically right when you post a video, you're already stressed about the next one or working on the next one, right? Mm -hmm. There's no time in between them. Um, and especially if you're posting three times a week, there is not a moment. Yeah. Is that an inevitable reality for anyone who wants to become a creator that at one point in their career, they'll have to be in that almost feeling like it's an indefinite, endless cycle of production, post-production, um, production, post-production. I, I do think there's a much healthier way to go about it. But in, in my opinion, I do feel like if someone's dedicated enough, they, they are going to push to that point. Yeah where it's an endless cycle just because they like it so much and they want to reach their goal so bad they're going to do whatever they want to get it and and i think as as it goes along they're, they're going to start learning that it's not sustainable they, they need to find work workarounds but each video i for me no matter what it, it felt like an investment like i took like very big risks some of them paid off some of them didn't as much does it feel to you like it all happened really fast it, it happened insanely fast. I, I think we went from like, we probably went from four to like 15 million subscribers in like a year. That's insane. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, so it happened really, really fast. And I think during that blow up, 
um, we still only had like one employee, one, maybe two employees. So it, it blew up so fast and we just couldn't keep up with it. It, it, it grew insanely fast. I mean, that's crazy. Did, as you, as we were blowing up like four to 15 million subscribers, did you have a, a manager who was helping on the business side? Were you guys just dealing with all that yourselves? We, so I already met Jimmy before, but when we surprised Mr. Beast with the Tesla, Jimmy wanted to introduce me to Reed and Night Media. And it just so happens they were bringing on a, a new manager, Michael Gordon. Hi, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Michael. Yeah. Hey, Michael. <laughs> and, and you guys have met Michael before. Yeah, yeah we right? met Michael. Yeah, so, so they, they were just about to bring him on. And I think Jimmy saw like our production and stuff, and, and he was showing me the scale of his stuff. And it was really cool for me to see how they were like running it like a real production. There were like PAs running around. And I think... Jimmy saw that, that I needed some help to, to get to that step. So he introduced me to Reed and they've really been able to help out with like back end, like the, the production processes. Cause, cause up until then, um, it was just me, Michelle, our assistant. We're, we're all like 20 year olds. We're, we're so young. We, we don't know anything. It's, it's not like a very professional workspace. And they, they really helped us build like, build it into more of a business that's sustainable. It's very organized. And, and that took a long time, especially since we blew up so fast. I feel like by the time we hit 15 million, we should have had a lot more infrastructure than we did because we, we had one employee right. and, and we, we were not ready to handle all of that. So slowly over the years, uh, over the next year or two, we, we slowly build up, built up more infrastructure so that things are like, more organized, things flow well. So what are some of the problems now at this type of scale that you guys... Well, well, with production, there's like so many things you need to think about. There's like a lot of planning that has to go along with it. We need to plan for future videos. We have uh, production managers, we have PAs, we have post-production managers. But as, as the person that's uh, behind the channels too, I kind of need to oversee each one of those branches. So, uh, so on top of just like filming in an everyday setting, I also need to go and oversee all the different branches in the company to make sure they're running properly. And, and it does get pretty stressful when you're working with so many people, which is why like, we, we need to hire like, more people to manage other people. I think that's one of the hardest parts about being a creator is that you become a leader and a manager mm -hmm. when you actually set out to be you know, an artist or yeah. um, you know, a filmmaker. And all of a sudden you have all these people and they're like, so what do you want me to do today? Like, mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I'm your manager. Yeah, I remember at some point there there were maybe like 15 people coming up to me with questions every single day, right. and and after that I was just like, okay, I've had enough. Like 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 I need someone to like look over all these people. Also, part of getting bigger, you know, at 23 million subscribers, mm -hmm. this many people watching your content, um, criticism and scrutiny is, I mm -hmm. think, a natural yeah. part of this. How have you dealt with some of the scrutiny that's come your way? I I, I do think. A lot of criticism and scrutiny. I like, like, although it's it's tough to hear at times. I I think it's very valuable to hear as well. And I think, especially with like such a supportive team around me, we're able to correct those mistakes. Because 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 when I listen to it, a lot of the times there's like truth in it, and and I'm like, okay, like 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 I see what's going on. And I, I think our main goal every day is just to try to be better than the last day. So like at the end of the day, we're all human and we're going to like mess up, make mistakes at some points. Like, and, and I was starting this when I was really young and, and at some points, no clue what I was doing. And, and I think just as we grow and move forward, 
I'm just trying to improve every day. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good perspective. And I think that's a perspective that not only creators should have, but I think the whole, the industry as a whole, because this is all happening so fast and it might not feel like that, but it's really happening fast and, it, and everyone's very young mm -hmm. and the industry is very young. So I, th I think like everyone is learning in real time and learning publicly. I was going to say, yeah, our mistakes are public. We're all public. Which is very, very unique yeah. to this career. Is that the opportunity for one of our mistakes to be public is very high. I feel like one of the hardest things to hear is like critiques about your art. Yeah. But at the same time, like, although they're very harsh, I feel like when I listen to them and I try to like fix up the things, I, I end up with an even better piece. That's a good metaphor, yeah. I think, for business, right? Mm -hmm. And then like for for just the perspective of a career is that if people have feedback and, and critiques for you, just having an open ear and mm -hmm. being like, okay, maybe that, you know, there's some validity there. Yeah. That you're actually in a fortunate position yeah. if there are enough people who are giving you public feedback. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know, the yeah. worst thing would be if no one's saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if no one's saying anything, it just stays stagnant. You, you don't, you don't improve. Uh, yeah. yeah. Doing this, this long uh, at the scale that you're doing your content, like mm -hmm. have you experienced any level of burnout at times? Have there been moments where you're like, I don't, I don't want to do this. This is too much. Um, has that come to life for you at all? Um, so most of the time when I hear about burnout, it seems to be like creative burnout and, and people not wanting to do it anymore. But, but I, I feel like for me, I love YouTube. I love art. I just love this space so much that I don't get creatively burnt out because at the end of the day, I love this. And, and, I, and I think that like for people that are like listening and thinking about going into a space like this, like you got to really love it to do it. Otherwise, you, you are going to get creatively burnt out. You're not going to want to do it anymore. Right.